Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today are my two usual co-hosts. First off, we got Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Had a bunch of psychosis over the last few weeks, so glad to finally be back to do to this with you fellas. So heck yeah! And also joining us back, Arrowhead Tom. How are you doing, Tom? I am excited to be back. Kudos to you for remembering how to intro us correctly and getting us through that but yeah excited to talk football again it's been man an eternity since yeah. we last saw chiefs football on the field and so a lot has happened in that time span a lot has not happened in don't that even time want span. To think about so we're just we're moving on yeah we've been gone for about three weeks now after the uh, the afc championship Lost to the Bengals. Uh, you know, we'll just go glance quickly glance over everything that happened. Uh, obviously, we lost to the Bengals. Uh, then afterwards, a, a whole barrage of different takes and things and stories came out. And uh, you know, we decided to just kind of hunker down and and let uh, all the you know all the bullshit kind of float to the surface <laughs> and, and let everything else float away. So uh, we're back. And, uh, you know, we're about to bring you some guys some awesome offseason content here. Looking forward to the 2022 NFL season and see uh, how the Chiefs are going to look going, uh, you know, back, hoping to get back to the Super Bowl once again. Um, but, yeah, we've got some uh, some relevant Chiefs news that actually have, has happened in the past uh, few days recently. Uh, today, Anthony Hitchens, uh, longtime linebacker, four-year linebacker for the Chiefs, uh, was cut by the team. Uh, which saves how much money does it save the uh, the team? Eight million dollars. Right. On. Hey, don't forget the four hundred thousand. And yeah, and there's also it's eight point four million. Eight point four million. So. Right, but I think is there there's a couple million in dead cap that we're eating from that? I believe. I think it's like four. Yeah, I think it's like four something. So you, you we're freeing up about I think four million of cap space. So no, I, no, I think it I think it's twelve million dollars. Oh, okay, they, so twelve million. It's a four million dollar dead. Eight, Got it. Eight million in space. Yeah, so yep. we're freeing up $8 million in cap space then, which is a big move. Uh, I think a move that a lot of people expected to see, maybe not this quick in the offseason. That's kind of like the big, one of the few, or first few big, uh, you know, names to get cut, I guess, around the NFL. Um, but what do you guys kind of think of the move? I mean, we wrote that on the wall. Yeah. When I mean, go look at the last two drafts. They knew what they were addressing and what they were building out of. He knew what they were addressing and building out of. Andy's comments about what he did in the locker room for the young guys told you he knew what was happening. It was like, yeah. I, I'm. They cut him early because it gives him a chance to get a deal worked out, and because there's going to be a lot of agents at the combine, which we're going to talk about in length over the next several months, um, the draft process, 
And so they get him out early. He gets a chance to go land with a new team. Um, and it's it it's not a win for both parties, but it's it was pretty much written on the wall at the entirety of the way they've handled the last couple of off seasons. I think the most important part is that you have your two young linebackers and Gay and uh, why did I forget Nick Bolton's first name? I remember <laughs> his last name. See, it's been a minute. We're still getting getting our yeah. legs warmed up on the bicycle here at the podcast. But uh, here's the thing. Towards the end of the season, like, you just stopped thinking about Anthony Hitchens. Like, you just saw less and less of him on the field. And, again, it was kind of that foregone conclusion. And it's a good transition for everyone, right? He got to be here for that year, mentored the young guys. Nick Bolton. Still showed he can play. Anthony Hitchens can still play football. He did not live up to the contract. You can say all that, whatever. The contract wasn't granted. We kind of knew that when they signed the contract, didn't we? I mean, still won a Super Bowl though, so yeah. And like I said, you can say I didn't put. Now he can go out and grab it on with another team, being a veteran presence, veteran depth mm-hmm. linebacker. He can do things. He's a, the teammates absolutely love that dude. Yeah, love then, that dude. And that's something you need those young guys to learn too. Is that part of it? Because there's more to this game than XO, run fast, hit hard. Like that's that's important. There's other characteristics involved too when you're one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he'll look be, be looked at back at like, like as a bad signing for the Chiefs. I mean, his first year in 2018, like he actually did make a, a pretty good immediate impact in that. You know, didn't he lead us in tackles for two years? Yeah, exactly. Oh, he came in and and you know made a big impact in Bob Sutton's you know three four defense. Kind of was that stopgap to to hold over until the next coordinator, but. Uh, obviously, switching switching to Spags, he doesn't have as great as production as his first year, but I mean, he was still solid. He was still, uh, you know, obviously helped us win the the Super Bowl the first year, and you know, his play wasn't bad. It's just I think a lot of people definitely equated it to to the contract number and uh, just didn't didn't like the results. But he's a great dude. I think he's definitely loved by a lot of guys in the Chiefs kingdom just outside of football. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's gives him a, an early shot for free agency to start getting you know his feet in the water there because yeah he's definitely still got some football left in him no doubt about it did blow my mind they put out a thank you before anybody on earth knew he was cut yeah <laughs> why are we why are we saying thank you to anthony hitch oh oh, oh okay yeah oh, okay. okay all right yeah thanks yeah. Thank it was man. that was one of the wildest things i've seen i mean we see people get cut and stuff come out all the time and it's almost never the team that puts it out first almost never like it's usually a beat guy or Schefter or somebody with us. Yeah, so it's pretty source, pretty close to the best. It's reported. It gets as close to it, and it's out from there. That came out from the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm interested. And I wonder how that process went down. Him, them telling you know Hitchens, they contacted him probably and and let him know. Hopefully, but oh, I'm. <laughs> I think sometimes they've... players just find out through social media. Like oh. Cool, I think that's well, but that's my thing is like they didn't let anybody else reporter wise tweet that, which yeah. means that kind of tells me they told him he didn't get it tweeted at him. Yeah, definitely. A, a, definitely a respectful kind of move from the Chiefs for, for the most part. So which uh, if you're trying to send messages to veterans who may or may not be wanting to do things later in their careers, who can come to a place where they will respect you on the way out and values mm, maybe that's like recruiting pitch being sent out for as a memo hmm. maybe just it it's things you do with it's the same thing we talked about when the royals did what they did with the minor league players when they decided to keep paying them through the first part of the pandemic right 
what did that set a precedent for? All those guys that signed as free agent minor league prospects, guess where they wanted to sign? Kansas City. Yeah, definitely how you run your how you run your team. You know, players take notice and people take notice. So the Chiefs are, for the most part, a pretty classy organization. I'd say one of the better ones in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, definitely a sign of respect there for Anthony Hitchens. But, you know, Bolton and Gay now are the two, uh, you know, you have your linebacking linebackers. Core. Yeah, I think it was, it was a little bit of a conversation today of, you know, the fact that you're losing, you know, your green dots likely with uh, Ben Neiman hopefully not on the team next year. Uh, but, you know, I'm not too worried about that. I don't think uh, any Chiefs fans should really be worried about that. Willie Gay and Nick Bolton would both be – have both shown to be pretty smart dudes. And, you know, I think Nick Bolton had the green dot a couple times, at least this last offseason yeah. or this last season, replacing when, Hitchens. When, yep, when he was yeah. injured. And I think that the coaching staff, just listen to them talk about Nick Bolton. They have a world of confidence in him. I think it's pretty pretty plain straightforward at this point, and and he was drafted to be Anthony Hitchens' replacement, and he is, and he's a lot cheaper, so that's good for the team. Yep, a lot cheaper, a lot more talented. He's done everything that they've asked him to, and he's improved in areas that, or maybe just displayed areas we didn't think he was super great in at one point because of either lack of reps, lack of experience, or lack of showing it because they didn't do it very often. So, yeah, full off season. Um, as the uh, as the main Mike linebacker, I, I'm not too worried about that. So, uh, but speaking about just the defensive side of the ball, there have been a little bit of coaching changes over there. Uh, a couple departures, a couple little different moves that were made uh, already for the Chiefs coaching staff, but uh, got a promotion for the safeties coach Donald D'Alessio. Uh You know, if you never heard of that guy, you're probably not alone. Um, But he's just one of the new additions to the coaching staff. Kyle, you you found out a little bit about him. Uh, He was uh, he was at LSU before Kansas City, and I believe before that he was at um, Youngstown for for some years. I also think he played at Youngstown. Is that right, Garrett? Yeah, he did. He was a player Um, at Youngstown. He was a defensive. He was a defensive analyst or defensive assistant last year, I think. For the Chiefs for his, in his first year, and with Sam Madison departing for his home, his his old franchise in the Dolphins, where he he played some some safety, um, which we'll see. That Tyron really likes him. I know that Tyron made that very clear. Um, I know. I don't know. I'm assuming it's because he wanted to go home back to his back to his old franchise and and go do stuff. Yeah, um, that would make most sense. It was, but that was interesting. Also, old friend alert note a little bit. Uh, Dylan McCullough, it, McLeod is now the running back coach at Notre Dame after he left Kansas City, went to another college job, and then gets gets pulled over to Marcus Freeman's new staff at Notre Dame as the running backs coach. Shout out. Interesting. But, yeah, the Sam Madison uh, loss. And then I think there's, I, I read somewhere they're moving a couple other defensive coaches around. I know Brendan Daly is. Uh, got moved to outside linebacker, I believe, uh, and mm-hmm. then they've got a different D line coach. Who was the? We hired a D line coach, didn't we? Yeah, it's Tom. Oh, dang it! Just a second. That's Quickly to Google. Yeah, <laughs> we've missed a couple weeks here, folks. Bear with us. But, or don't. I can sing while we wait. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but I believe also Dave Merritt got uh, got switched to some other position. Um, see here staff joe cullen joe yeah there's a guy from the jaguars i think 
yep. to, to be and the that's, defensive line coach. And then Daly is the linebacker coach. So, yeah, so a there's couple, some changes couple on the changes. coaching staff, which we expected for multiple reasons after the last several years. Um, the other one didn't change, unfortunately, um, but he there, there's still stuff to be decided on on the offensive side of the ball. Um, yeah. I wanted to before we jump over to that, I would just add that you know Brendan Daly's the linebacker slash one game uh, coordinator now. So you start getting those kind of those extra titles and if you, if you hybrid when, positions. Yeah, when you remember when Brendan Daly came over from New England, it was kind of a surprise. He was part mm-hmm. of the season where we where the Chiefs got both him and Mike House, who were considered candidates for the defensive coordinator position. Steve Spagnuolo may or may not get another head coaching job in the NFL. He may be the defensive coordinator in Kansas City for a long time. Who knows? But it kind of makes you think that daily, at least, uh, at least in house, if there is kind of that trajectory of you know grooming those replacements in house, you see that a lot with Andy Reid. You know, on the offensive side, it starts in one position, they move to another position, and then they get you know the passing game coordinator, and then they get these extra titles, and so. If Steve Spagnuolo moves on, you'd think that maybe Brendan Daly is kind of moving through those ranks and might be the the next guy up. And, and I believe he's got local ties to the area, anyways. And they do this stuff with these coaches on the on on these different the the other tiered coaches that they they work different portions of the different systems so that they can then become coordinators of a system. So even if it's okay, this is just your next position to, to work on on the defensive side of the ball so you can get that added to your belt yeah, exactly. and your bag, whether it's for in-house or for out-of-house. Like, But your your grooming positions is interesting because we also on the offensive side of the ball lost Mike Kafka to um, New York New York with mm-hmm. Dable. So. Yeah, so there's, that's obviously going to be one you know, position that's open uh, on the Chiefs coaching staff, the quarterback coach. Uh, I think may, many assume that uh, David Girardi, who was the assistant quarterback's coach and the past game analyst, is probably going to get that title. Um, and then, yeah, like Kyle kind of mentioned, there's still one more opening uh, that's kind of in in purgatory right now in the Chiefs' offensive uh, coaching staff. Uh, a lot of, you know, crazy stuff has been said uh, about, you know, we'll just, uh, we don't got to say it's an elephant in the room, but Eric Bieniemy uh, is not under contract with the team currently. And, uh, you know, there is a meet, there's a report that, you know, they're going to have a meeting with him and see kind of how the future goes. And I think really only people who know all the, all of what the future is going to be is uh, the people in that room. You know, the guys who are having that conversation, Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, you know, Clark Hunt, all those guys. So uh, we're expecting a decision probably in the next week or so about, you know, who's going to be the offensive coordinator, if not Eric. Um, but yeah, that is just, uh, that's some coaching updates for the chiefs uh, as the, you know, the coaching staff kind of changes around a little bit. I think, you know, this last season, it definitely wasn't the greatest offensive or it wasn't the greatest season period for, from a coaching perspective, I think. And uh, so I think changes for, for everyone is just, is good. You know, I think uh, just getting some fresh faces, fresh positions might end up uh working out in the in the long run for the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah. One more thing to talk about here on the uh, on the do list. The franchise tag window did open today in the NFL. Uh, there's a couple guys uh, for who are candidates for the Chiefs. One main guy, I think that's that's mostly regarded as a guy who likely is going to be getting tagged. 
uh, Orlando Brown Jr., offensive tackle. I think uh, that was kind of the anticipation when, when we traded for him this last offseason that, uh, you know, the Chiefs aren't like the quickest staff as far as getting deals done with guys, you know, long-term deals. So in my opinion, it wouldn't be a big surprise if we see Orlando Brown Jr. getting franchise tagged. I know, Tom, you might have some differing opinions on that. What do you think? Yeah, so I have the correct opinion on that. Uh, so here's the thing. Would it be like the most shocking thing in the world? No. Here's the thing. Orlando Brown is going to be a Kansas City Chief this next season and probably for the foreseeable future. The Chiefs can make a decision and they can franchise tag them if they can't come to a deal. But the reality is, is that first, like when you franchise tag a guy, especially in a season and an off season, like the chiefs are facing where they've got some moves and they've got some positions to fill, you're better off making concessions and signing that deal. Obviously you don't want to hand out an irresponsible deal. You want to pay them appropriately. But I think the franchise tag for left tackles is somewhere around 16 and a half million dollars. So that's a fully guaranteed deal. You can't play around with that. You don't get to, you know, hide some money in a signing bonus or, you know, roster bonuses or anything like that. That's that's straight cap hit. You don't have that flexibility. In a situation like this where the player wants to be here, the team wants the player to be here, you are much better off sitting down at that table and making it work. So maybe that first year that cap hit is pretty small, but then you have, you know, a big signing bonus and all that stuff so that you have some more flexibility going into free agency. If they can't come to a, a deal, are they going to franchise tag, it, tag him? Absolutely. I think that they are going to prioritize, and I think even based on what Brevi just said, that's been the priority. I think that you're looking at a deal probably five years, $100 million. NFL athletes are petty. If you want to know what his contract is going to look like, just do a quick Google or go to, yeah, Google Ronnie Stanley's contract. He's the left tackle for the Ravens. You know, the Ravens said, you know what? We want this guy over you, you know, to play left tackle and uh, we're going to pay him this much. I guarantee you that Orlando Brown's not taking less than Ronnie Stanley at, at left tackle. It would probably be pretty close. So Ronnie got uh, five years, 98 million with 64 guaranteed. If Orlando Brown came in at five years, 100 million with 65 guaranteed, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And that's that's appropriate value for for somebody of. of Remember, of their agents going. have to have their their name in the hat yeah, and they do certain have, things they got, also. Yeah, the agents so there's show. It's gonna be yeah. It's much, gonna be a significant number. How much is David Bakhtiari making, Tom? If you have those numbers potentially pulled up, because I believe I believe it was either last year or the year before, where I think there was two left tackle contracts that kind of happened back to back. I think David mm-hmm. Bakhtiari might have been the second one, and he got like literally one million more than than the other dude yeah. who just signed. Yeah, I remember that. Four years, yeah, four years, ninety-two million with sixty-one. Uh, and a half guaranteed. So they're pretty close there. Yeah, again, so it's going to be up you're there probably looking sure. in that ballpark. Again, I would look for it to be a five-year deal. And again, the petty side of it is he's going to make sure all those numbers are just a little bit bigger than what Ronnie Stanley got in Baltimore because that's the team that picked, you know, somebody else to be their left tackle over over him, and they paid that guy. And I guarantee you, Ronnie Stanley's, or excuse me, Orlando Brown is going to want to make more than Ronnie Stanley. And he's earned it. You know, again, he's not he's not in that Trent Williams category or even maybe even, you know, per year, David uh, Bakhtiari is going to make more. But at the same time, Orlando Brown's proven to be a reliable left tackle. 
and he he got the job done. He also improved as the season get on goes on. Wow, excuse me, words are really hard today. <laughs> as the season went on, and he's only going to get better. He's a young guy. Get, pay the man, get the cap flexibility, so you can go into the offseason ready to bring in some more help for this team. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's pretty set in stone that he's going to be on the team next year, no matter what. Just from all of Brett Beach's comments and everyone, everyone loves him. And yeah, he's going to be the left tackle of the Chiefs' future, definitely for the foreseeable future. And for good, you know, I think I'm very happy with that, of course, because uh, just everything we saw from him this year, obviously he played phenomenal, but there's so much room that he has to improve on that, I mean, he very well could and just be even more dominant than he already is. So signing him to a long term deal right now, I think, would be very beneficial because he's only going to get better uh he's still a super young dude what was he, like 25 26 still only like, he's 26 I'm yeah so he's a young dude still and yeah he's got he's got that uh you know that love and, and that spirit for the chiefs kingdom so uh, i just do worry that you know the chiefs like i said aren't like the quickest people to get contracts put together and also when you have uh, another significant you know contract negotiation up going this off season uh, you want you got to wonder if they can get both of them done, potentially. Uh, Tyron Matthew, obviously, is the other guy I'm talking about, uh, mm-hmm. which we can talk about him a little bit here because I think that's uh, another relevant contract that's you know just going to tie into the cap space and everything like that he, that the Chiefs are working on. He can't with. be tagged, though. Yeah, Tyron's not going to get tagged. So. You can't pay him $20, Jesus, yeah. $8 million or whatever it is yeah, his, cap, his tag hit would be. Safety. Yeah, so um, I don't know how much – I saw some numbers coming out on how much the Chiefs – have for cap space wise next year so i'm not sure how exactly so they'll, they'll fit everyone that here's the thing everybody's gonna we're gonna hear it again how do they have all this money to spend you know it's coming just get it out of the way now you know that's coming because if they do some restructures which they're going to do some restructures and some cuts we've already seen it start we've had it start with hitchens they can have something like 90 million dollars in cap space which is absurd. Something. Yeah. That is definitely something. I doubt it gets yeah. that high. I think I saw one person basically say that teams, even though they could get that much, they probably won't stretch it that far. But Correct. I would definitely predict, I mean, at least 60, 70 but million maybe. They have flexibility to do things. Like yeah. they're, they're going to, Brett Veach is going to be aggressive. You're going to hear his name a lot this offseason. The Chiefs did this. The Chiefs did that. The Chiefs yeah. did this. It's going to be a lot of stuff. And there's going to be guys that aren't here anymore. It's going to happen. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add this you know, about, you know, the cap space. The Chiefs were in negotiations last year. So just like we were talking about the left tackle contract, so I looked it up. Trent Williams deal, six years, $138 million. This mm-hmm. man got paid but show did the chiefs were in negotiation were actively in negotiations with trent williams they had to be at least in that ballpark yeah somewhere close prepared to offer a left tackle that money so you'd think that they've got a pretty you know a pretty good idea of how that they were very willing to offer that left tackle that money yeah so i'm sure they can adjust that framework and, and you know 
They that's, they also have true. the ability to walk in the room and go, "We really like you. You're also not that dude. You're not Trent Williams. You're not an actual silverback gorilla yeah. in a football uniform." <laughs> which is why I said like around grown men. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I said like signing him now would be very beneficial because he's not Trent Williams yet. But I mean, give him a couple dude, more he's... years of development. Like uh, that's fine. It's a he's still that was his first full year at left tackle. He made yeah. massive improvements. I expect him to continue to. He's young. We talked about it, but he. That is not – that you're not Trent Williams yet. Uh, Trent Williams bodies dudes in a way that I haven't seen an NFL lineman do since, like, Larry Allen played. He absolutely invisibles people. Yeah, it's just like, who's who's lined up on oh, – doesn't matter. Trent's got doesn't it. matter. Yeah. It, so, th- he's, he's the best left tackle in the sport right now. He just he is. is. And he's aged like fine wine. So – Suddenly, we become a Trent Williams fan podcast. Back to your point, Garrett. Honesty podcast here. Yes, yeah. honesty podcast. Yeah, no hot takes, all all honesty. Sometimes they're like lukewarm takes, but yeah. Uh, here's the thing. So we tend to think of the salary cap in a like year to year. You know, as fans, as even as like yeah. So these teams have a like big picture. You know, it's an accounting value. equation. Right. And it's a, it's it's a five-year plan in accounting. Yeah, that you're probably not your average person. And I'm not going to pretend like I I sit here and go, oh, yeah, in two years we're going to be much better. I have no idea what the cap is going to look like in two years. I haven't looked. All I know is that Brett Veach has done a phenomenal job, probably because he watched John Dorsey do a not great job of managing the cap and creating wiggle room and, and keeping himself you know, in a position. Some of it's about getting the guys that you pay a lot to perform a lot, and that just – didn't happen with Dorsey. He, Barry, Barry had his health and struggles in Houston yeah. and whatnot. And it just sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That time it didn't. Yeah. So Couple times. Um, I just think that it's about keeping that flexibility. And Brett Veach, to his credit, has done a really good job of always staying flexible with his contracts. Same thing, you know, you worry about giving somebody a big contract. You can, there's usually, you see the like five years, $100 million, right? Well, that player may only see 50. So it's it's all about guaranteed money, right? And Correct. We you, learned that a long time ago. Yeah, you can structure that. You can restructure. You can spread it out. There's so many things you can do. So it's it's not as simple as, oh, the Chiefs have this much. you know, Signing bonus, roster bonus. Yeah. Some of it's about what your owner's willing to spend and put in cash in the bank. And let me tell you a secret. They are not hurt yeah. in Arrowhead Drive for, yeah. for cash. Clark Hunt seems to have more than an above average income. Yeah. Seems I think his household he's above the household median. And yeah. He seems to have an above average income for an NFL owner. I bet he at least makes six figures. So yeah. <laughs> so like I said though, some of that is well, we've seen it with other franchises. You the, the Khalil Mack is a Chicago Bear because the Raiders didn't have the cash. To Correct. That like that's true. been reported, reported. Like, hey man, I understand, but we don't. Yeah, we don't have the struggles here. Empty, bro. That doesn't seem Kansas to be a City. problem in Kansas City. Yeah. Now, smallest media market, quote, you know, smallest. Even though we end up having like the biggest draws for games, but so with that said, that cap space, and also I have looked a little bit ahead at some of the what the cap projections are going to be for the next couple of years, and exploding is a nice word for yes. for what that's supposed to look like so while tom makes a good point though the whole the whole premise of this was it's not a one-year tax book mm-hmm. it's a five-year tax book because a lot of the stuff you can do with 
um, bonuses and front end things and prorated money is it splits things out over five year periods. That's why a lot of these deals are five years. Exactly. So for example, with Orlando Brown, you could sign him to a massive extension, right? And then, but his first year cap hit is $1 million, $2 million and the rest of that's all in signing bonus. And so really what actually counts against your cap is not it's very like that much. split over five. It's like splits that out and you can prorate it or backload it or front load yeah. it. There's cap math as someone who wanted to be an agent at one point in his life, because he had weird, crazy things he wanted to do in college that never happened. Um, you cap math is it's like a stock market game, basically. It fluctuates so much year to year. It's and it people are like oh years a long time. Not not in a business like that. It's a very small window. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the cap and the other portion is and we're not gonna Mahomes contract. Go read Connor's article. Just go read Connor's article. <laughs> go read the that it, means just I, I'm I'm to the point now where when people start talking about that contract and they don't know what like how it works, I just. I just literally quote tweet Connor's article and stick it underneath here. Just go read this and then be done. Safe to say it is. Yeah. It is a, now at some point, you know, that may change. Pat may want more, whatever. They may add more years. They add more money. They keep doing the same thing they're going to do. It is, without having sat down and seen the details myself, but just, you know, again, from, from Connor's article, from how it appears, that contract might be the most impressive thing that Brett Beach has done as a general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. And it may be the most important piece in terms of keeping Patrick Mahomes a contender for the duration of that contract. Look, yo, the basis of this and the easiest way I can explain this is, you guys remember what Tom Brady did every four years? or three years, where they'd get One towards the end of this deal, he'd rip it apart, and they'd sign a new deal, and he'd do all this extra cap hit and money and this and that. Mm-hmm. They did that all in one giant long piece of paper that says, we can pretty much just move this around and do whatever you needed to do, what we need to do for yeah, our cap yeah. purposes and what you need to do for your cash income purposes. Yeah, they just combined yeah. receipts. They it's, said, Let's just put them all in one receipt. It, it's, instead of renegotiating it every three years, it does it for them. Yeah, safe to say I'm not worried too much about the uh, the Chiefs cap situation because Brett Veach and mm-hmm. Brett Veach and all of them and his staff is just Brant Tillis, Chris is it Chris O'Shea is that the other one the cap guys those two dudes yeah, yeah. the very is it very O'Shea talented or is it staff huh is it O'Shea or is it, or is it just Shea I thought I can't remember it could be, yeah. The... This is why I, I I tried to just say and his guys and you guys had to you guys <laughs> well, had to read that. Is the name it, that so. needs to be needs to be known. I'm saying, I tried to just you know loop, we're loop lucky to have that dude in Kansas City. Brent yeah. Tillis has been extremely helpful. He's one staff. of the cap Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Brett Beach's whole staff phenomenal. So well, I'm not worried about obvious, that. They're obviously decent because we didn't even talk about this one, but we lost Ryan Poles to the Bears. Yeah, that is, that is a uh, so so what would be and that's third a GM round, job um, pick for him. But yep, yeah, there will be comp picks because of the new rule the NFL put in, which again, love comp not picks. touching anything else associated closely to that conversation. Yeah, I, but... I will take some free comp picks though, but yeah, I love comp picks. Actually, I'll just say it in, in <laughs> terms of pure comp pick and nothing else, it is better for the Chiefs to actually have Eric Bienemy hired 
if he's the offensive coordinator this year, to have him hired next offseason because if they'd both been hired in the same offseason, the Chiefs only get three picks spread across two, two drafts versus four picks spread across three drafts. Yeah. The rule's kind of weird that way. But, the rule is kind of weird, and it's you know designed by... The fact that it has to be rule is yeah, kind of weird. Exactly, but... but we'll leave it at that. Uh, Ryan Poles, shout out to him and, and the Bears, you know, getting that job. It's and just then, another... Matt Eberflus. Yeah, then all of a sudden it's like, hmm, that's not... Defensive great. guy in yeah, his and first... Matt, like, I saw a lot of Colts fans celebrating the fact that Matt Eberflus is not the defensive coordinator anymore. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of telling, but, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Ryan Poles, good luck over there, bud. But um, that's, that's about all we've got for you guys today. Uh, we've kind of, you know, catching back up here. Uh, you know, back into the Chiefs news cycle. We're going to have a lot more draft content, free agency content coming out for you guys. If you haven't seen already, be go, be sure to go over to Arrowhead Tom's Twitter, at Arrowhead Tom. Check out the Kingdom Building series. Uh, he's been working really hard on that, putting out some great prospect evaluations and also some positional evaluations now that have been coming out recently. So go over there. Tom, have you, you know, how has that been going? How do you, how do you like that? I, I love it. If you follow me, you know that this is my favorite time of the year. I tweeted this out earlier this week. Guy. So some some personal news. I'm actually relocating to Kansas City, so yeah. really excited about that. But that's going to take me offline for at least a week, give or take. We'll see how I'm getting settled in. So uh, we'll see if I'm if I'm quiet. Don't worry. We'll we'll play catch up. But yeah, we're breaking down draft prospects. We're looking at each position heading into the off season. So we're less than three weeks away from the legal tampering period for free agency. We want to have a good idea of what this team looks like going into this offseason, what the team needs, and we'll certainly talk about that on the pod. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of of, uh, prospect breakdowns and free agency breakdowns on the pod uh, once Tom's got a little bit bigger of a list of guys. But, yeah, it's going strong over there. It's it's been, been really cool to see. And learn about some uh, some potential future Chiefs, you know. Before we get out, Tom, I saw Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0. Talk to me. Dax Hill, safety out of Michigan. I profiled him about a month ago or so. Absolutely love the kid. It depends a lot on how the rest of the offseason like, fills out. I, I wrote in his report that I wanted to compare him to Tyron Matthew, but that's such a hard comparison to make because Tyron's such a special player in what he does. Michigan asked Dax to do everything that the Chiefs ask Tyron to do he and he rose the occasion he's a little little bit on the smaller size um, still bigger than Tyron but you know again phenomenal instincts really fun player to watch just just a pure like I, I don't know what he'll, he'll run I don't know how all of his measurements are going to go but you sit down and you watch him you go okay this kid knows how to play football he knows how to, how to hit he knows how to cover he knows how to like be competitive at the catch point really fun player to watch I, I told you know I said early He's going to be that guy at the end of the first round that everyone's like, wait, who's that kid? That that like third or fourth safety that everyone's like, oh, yeah. He kind of sneaks in there or the early second. Uh, I compared him to Buda Baker from the Arizona Cardinals, and that's, that's a pretty high compliment because I'm a big Buda Baker fan. But uh, Dax Hill's super versatile, and if the Chiefs are in a position to add him to the, to the roster, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially if there's a certain other safety that – contract talks end up not working out with yeah that sounds sounds like a great great plan to me so there's going to be a, a lot more a lot more diving into all the different potential uh, future chiefs very soon because we've got a long off season ahead of us boys i uh, tweeted this last week during what everybody knows what that was on on our social media platforms it's gonna be a long off season. 
Yeah, especially with, up, especially with the way the fi the season finished and all the drama. It feels like yeah. very much like winter is coming in. Winter in is coming. We gotta, we gotta just buckle down and and we're gonna get through it with the the best we can. So thank you all so much for listening to this one. Be sure to follow us at Kingdom Says Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we will talk to you guys later. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer their home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.